Sacktown Sports. Check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. In an hour, we will give you an opportunity to win tickets to see the Jacksons and Sister Sledge at the venue at Thunder Valley Casino Resort. I hear the venue is an incredible venue. That is March 30th. You will have an opportunity to win tickets to see the Jacksons and Sister Sledge at 1 p.m. And they will be performing March 30th at Thunder Valley Casino. Casino Resort. Chris Watkins will pick the number. Oh, yeah. That is in one hour. You don't want to miss it. 916-339-1140 on the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. All guests and callers, join us from the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. So we were responding to Steven's, Steven's call yes. when we were up against it right before yeah. we ended the last segment. What were your thoughts on the Sabonis piece and just facing the floor and Kevin, the Kevin Herter thing. I mean, that's what we just saw. Mm -hmm. If he's not playing well, it depends on how long the leash may be. He wasn't playing well and he got benched. That's what Mike Brown is doing now. He, there's no time to worry about people's feelings. Kevin will get another opportunity. That's the thing for Kevin to be upset or, for Kevin to be upset, if he was upset, we still don't know the tone. And I'm a big tone guy when yeah, I read sure. a text. Yes. I have no clue. And Chris knows. I'll call yeah. him out the no. blue. <laughs> because when I read a text, I don't know what you I don't, Absolutely. I can't read how you're saying that to me. Yeah. I need to hear it. Yeah. So I don't I didn't hear Kevin Herter and how he said and it. And I think it would have been important. Yes. Yes. But if he was upset, it would say, you're getting the first go at this. You're a starter. Mm-hmm. So if if they're looking away from you, that's because you have not initially done yeah. your job. Yeah, no, I, I'm really interested to hear um, if Kevin does elaborate on his statements later today. I'm sure he won't. Um, I'm sure you know they're viewing it as much ado about nothing, and they're probably just going to keep it pushing. But um, definitely, definitely, just I, I agree that I would have liked to hear uh, the audio from it, just because you know we we talked about it. We even you know you, you brought it to my attention. Like, what if Kevin is just talking about? He's not saying, oh, Mike Brown put me out there so I can impact the game. What if he was saying, no, like I had three turnovers. I had two fouls. Right. I need to put myself in a situation where Mike trusts me to put me in the game. So it would have been really nice to hear from his actual mouth. But on the on the Domas thing, um, yeah, him spacing the floor is definitely, you know, against Denver. I never really think about it until Steven presented the, the question, but – you know, he definitely did take more mid-range shots. I think he took uh, a runner or two, like a one-handed uh, flick almost. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he his his spacing has been not from the mid-range this year, but it's been the three. You've seen him take a lot more threes this season, and I think that's his answer to, oh, you guys are going to play off me. Well, I'm going to show you that I'm going to hit this three, and then when I hit the three – you know, I'm pulling you out even further than I would if it was from the mid-range. So that's, I know, you know, part of Steven's call was him saying they relied too much on the three, but unfortunately that's just, that's how it's played. If Domas, they're going to allow Domas to nickel and dime them from long-range twos all day. They'll just say he can't continue to hit those. But if you're going to give up threes, you know, it, if you hit 
uh, one of every three, pretty much. That's that's just as good as taking those mid-range jumpers. So um, that's really how Domas has has tried to answer the questions from last year. The question that the question is still going to be though, come playoff time, will he hit those shots? Because mm. you know it's all easy. Everybody's it's easy to to shoot forty percent in the regular season when you're taking one every other game, but uh, come playoff time, if you have to hit one or two threes. You know, I, I I still don't think Domas is a is a forty percent three point shooter. Sometimes I I struggle with the makeup of the Kings because I'm just looking at other teams with centers mm-hmm. who can't really shoot either, can't right. even shoot as well as yeah. Domas. Shout out Rudy. Shout out Rudy, and it doesn't seem to be a problem for whatever reason right. you would think because you're getting the offense from different spots. Mm-hmm. The Kings are in a a unique situation because they have shooters, mm-hmm. but at the theoretical same time... Theoretical at this point. They have theoretical <laughs> shooters all over the place, and maybe that's part of it, but also the ball is in Domas's hands yeah. so much. Yeah. So it becomes... The offense, as free-flowing as it is, almost isn't at times. It's a little stat, yeah, right. And, and maybe that is... Some of the issue in the playoffs that things just aren't as free flowing sure. in yeah. general. Yeah, right. And Absolutely. We, we we saw that when a lot of people said that the Warriors were going to lose yep. if, if Kyrie and Kevin Love play, and then they did lose the next season, <laughs> and then they got Kevin Durant. But it's not as free flowing. Yeah, when, when you get to the playoffs and when you're you're playing Gilbert Arenas yep. type basketball like <laughs> it was in the eighties and nineties, right? it's not it's not as Euro as it is now, and maybe that's part of the issue too. Yeah, absolutely. No, it definitely is. I mean, you saw the Warriors just take the Kings complete. I mean, the Warriors also, to your point, mm-hmm. know that offense better than just about anybody. But right. they understood. Yeah, if you take away the cutters and you take away uh, the initial three point action of the dribble handoff. The offense stops at that. Like, that is the offense, is for people to run around Domas. He either makes the pass or doesn't and then takes it himself. You know, if you if you can essentially eliminate the cutter and eliminate the three-point option, that's going to completely stop the offense, and that's how you get them into isolation situations. That's how you get them into last-second shot clock heaves from Malik Monk. Um, it's it's probably going to happen, and I think that's going to have to be an adjustment for this team is, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Mike Brown might have to realize this year, this is a great offense for regular season. You can you can put up numbers. You can beat you can beat tons of teams that aren't as good as you because there's so much action happening. But to your point, come playoff time when you can specifically game plan for it and you understand there's really – two options or two counters and then one main action like you can try and take that out pretty easily and so it will be interesting because I think last year Kings relied a lot more just on De'Aaron and and Malik the individuals to be spectacular like how much of of that shows its head around and how much is that matchup dependent too like how much is it um, you know it might look good against OKC but then you go against Minnesota or Denver and all of a sudden it doesn't work we just don't know yet yeah, and now I feel as if I'm actually giving power back to somebody that I was that I was going back and forth with about Domas and his numbers who said, well, it just doesn't work in the playoffs. And the reason I don't think I'm fully saying that they are correct is because I don't know if it's specifically a Domas thing. Right. I think it's a Sacramento Kings current offense yeah. thing. And Yes, maybe the fact that he gets triple doubles in the 
regular again we just need to see more of Domas in the yeah, playoffs so exactly I, I still so I'm still putting that in the corner but with that being said there are things that we have seen and I think a precursor will be how the rest of this season ends yeah. because I think every almost every team that they're face they're facing is going to be in some type of race either for the play-in or to keep their top seeding. So we're going to see how – and this might help the Kings. Because now when you get to the playoffs – Right, you've seen it all, You should be more prepared. Now, Mm -hmm. is it going to make things easier? It's still a (laughs) make-or-miss league. But you should be more prepared than maybe you were last season when you kind of got to kick it because you were locked into the three seed and you didn't have to worry about it. It, 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 It's such a mess right now that everybody is going to be going back and forth. And hopefully it ends up up helping them. But to that point – Domas, the assist and, and and the other things that he does besides the scoring, the scoring is one thing, but the spacing, that's not on Domas if the the snipers are not sniping. Exactly. That's not on Domas. Exactly. And you can argue that's what happened last year in the playoffs, right? Yeah. It wasn't really Domas's fault. You say his not you, but you know, people can say his assist numbers were down. Well, that's because every time he would pass the ball, Kevin Herter, right. Malik, uh, not Malik, uh, Keegan. Uh, Keegan and and HB were missing the shots. So it, it's kind of a which one came first, and uh, I think it's it's a it's a culmination of both. I mean, I, I think Sabonis definitely didn't play to his best capabilities in that series, but at the same time, I think it's because everybody else was struggling so much that it put so much pressure on Domas to be great. And, uh, you know, to Kevon Looney, as we saw, was a tough matchup. But, yeah, I, I think I agree that really at the end of the day, we, we, we can go back and forth on this all day, and you can go back and forth with somebody who thinks Sabonis will never have success in the playoffs, but the reality is we're, we're never going to get an answer until we, we just have a clear image. Right now we only have seven games to go off of. It's a very specific series. Those two teams obviously know each other so well. Like I feel like you can't truly get a gauge for – a more blanket universal statement about Sabonis until you see him against other competition. And even then he could just be an enigma. He could just be somebody who is, I I don't know. Like you just don't know what you're going to get. It's all matchup based. It's all um, how he's playing at the time. But if I had to guess, I mean, I, I can't imagine this dude doing this for 80 games through the regular season. And then just all of a sudden, like he just becomes a normal guy. I I don't think so. So I'm still going to lean on look Sabonis, you know, he was focused on a lot, and I just I believe that he's going to come through in the playoffs. Yeah, I just think the narrative should be okay. He's at it again. He's better than he was last season. He was good in the re- he was great in the regular season, yeah. and he he didn't make it happen during the playoffs. This season, he's even better. Yeah, during the regular yep. season, so. People are comparing it as if he was doing this last season, yeah. and he wasn't. Right. He was good, yes. he, but he was not this. Yeah. So Absolutely. he got better. Yep. And people are just assuming that he's not going to be able to take a step in the playoffs right. when he already took a step in the regular season. Right. It's not as if he's been doing this for 15 years and every season in the playoffs yeah. it disappears. We, mm-hmm. we brought up Peyton Manning. We yep. brought up some other guys. So that's why I, we reserve the right – to to still believe in him, but there are some foundational things yeah. that have to happen to help Domas. And one of right. those things <laughs> is you got to make your shots help. if you are a three-point shooting team trying to put up 40 or 50 a game. Time for some baseball talk when we get back. Kike Hernandez talking about collusion. And Brandon Crawford says goodbye, plus Tristan Beck dealing with that arm aneurysm and going under the knife at Stanford. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports.
Texas. Call or text at 916-339-1140. Tristan Beck, who was penciled in to be the fifth reliever, or sorry, fifth starter for the Giants, is this is from Andrew Baggerly. Tristan Beck is having vascular surgery Monday at Stanford. Won't have a timetable for a return to the mound until after the procedure, but he's confident he is in good hands. That is as good of news as you're going to get for Tristan Beck, wishing him a speedy recovery. The Giants, who are already thin as far as pitching, have just gotten a little bit thinner. And, you know, Farhan, a lot of people have a lot of things to say about Farhan. Hasn't made any moves yet, so maybe hasn't made enough moves. So, yeah, we'll see what happens next. Getting to Brandon Crawford, who shared a goodbye message to the Giants fans. There is a, an, an, an athletic article about Brandon Crawford and how essentially he felt that he was not wanted back by the Giants, and these things can be tough. This is from SF Giants on NBCS, who is referencing the article. Brandon Crawford wanted to return to the Giants, but he felt he was not, quote, wanted back, despite his willingness to embrace a new role. And the the first thing I think, Chris, is is this similar to a is this similar to a Trey Lance situation in that Maybe he'd be willing to embrace a new role, but at the same time, if if the shortstops weren't doing well, fans could be clamoring, and Bob Melvin right. would continue to have to uh, continue to have to ask, right, yeah. or be asked, "Hey, right, where is he? Where is he? Where is he?" Here yeah. it is from the from the article. The bottom line is, is a quote, the bottom line is I was not wanted back by the one person whose opinion matters, Crawford told The Athletic, referring to Giants president of baseball operations, Farhan Zaidi. Mm. So I went with a team that gave me a major league contract. The Cardinals have a long history and tradition. I've admired and respected the way the Cardinals have played throughout my career and the way the organization has been run. The bottom line is I wanted to come back to the Giants. That was obviously the ideal situation for me. And he goes Oof. on to say, this actually, this actually, I wouldn't say it gets worse, but I had no playing time expectations, Crawford shared with The Athletic. Mm. Just help out and be a veteran mentor type for Luciano, Casey Schmidt, and Tyler Fitzgerald. Continue being that guy for Tyro, whoever else I could help out in that capacity. That's what I came to him with. Wow. Yes. Whew. Yes. After the Cardinals made their contract wow. offer, Crawford's agent, Joel Wolf reached out to Zaidi one last time about a potential contract for his client. I was told I could earn the last spot on the roster like anyone else could mm. as a non-roster invitee, Crawford explained to The Athletic. That was the nail in the coffin. Yeah, for sure. Zaidi, in a phone conversation with The Athletic, pushed back on the implication that personal animosity might have played a role in the Giants' decision to part ways. This is what he says. He's been one of our most popular and important players, and we negotiated a two-year extension with him after his Banner 2021 season, which everyone was really happy with, Zaidi told The Athletics. So any notion that there was a concern about 
coexistence just doesn't match the reality that we've both been here for the last five mm. seasons, and we've had some really great moments. He's been an important member of this team and a real leader in the clubhouse as well. Zaidi confirmed Crawford's willingness to play in a reduced, versatile role, but explained how the team wanted their young infielders yeah. to have the freedom to experience the highs and lows of an MLB season without having a franchise icon in Crawford looming over their shoulders on the bench. And that is from Taylor Worth, great follow on social media as well, who wrote that for NBC Sports Bay Area, referencing Andrew Baggerly's piece in The Athletic. That's a lot right there. That's a lot, and I'm curious. Like, I mean, so to me that does sound like how, like how much of this is to just from the Giants fan perspective of them just kind of longing for those those championship teams, of just wanting to have some connection to those guys still left because, I, you know, I, I think Giants fans long for those times a lot. And, yeah. you know, how much is, is Brandon Crawford truly helping the Giants this year and how much of it is just we really like to have him around, almost like a mascot. And uh, I think it is uh, a fair thing for Farhan being the GM to say, I would much rather prefer our young guys get some real-life experience than – uh, essentially having Brandon Crawford on the roster just to Udonis Haslam it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was not very good the last couple years. He also would have taken up that roster spot, and yep. he just na- he just named off four guys, right? right? Crawford did to the athletic. When yeah. you named off four guys, <laughs> you're the fifth, and you're not you weren't planning on playing, right? Was there a way that they probably could have finessed this? Maybe, but. Y- you could have re- you could have retired and, and been on the staff, yeah. right? There were there were other ways to do this. Yeah. If you weren't planning on playing, why did you need a roster spot? And yeah. I hate to say this about Brandon Crawford, B. Craw, my guy. Absolutely. He was the DJ for the team. <laughs> okay, this is some of his accolades: three time All Star, <laughs> two time World Series team winner, DJ, team DJ. So he won a Silver Slugger, curator of vibes, four time Gold Glover. Yeah, incredible. And uh, it, all good things come to an end. Okay, 13 years Brandon Crawford played yeah. with the Giants. This is from his Instagram. Thank you, at SF Giants, from ownership and the front office that drafted me, <laughs> called me up to the big leagues, and had faith to put me at shortstop for 13 seasons, to the clubhouse, training room, and travel staffs that kept me on the field and made my life easier, to the players and coaches that grinded with me throughout the years that I will be lifelong friends with and to the best fans in baseball that supported me through the ups and downs. I appreciate you and thank you from the bottom of my heart. I achieved things with you that I never even dreamed of. Jalen, the kids and I have lifelong memories and moments that will forever be ingrained in our hearts. Thank you for everything. Hashtag forever giant. And that's awesome. I mean, absolutely. I mean, he, he is He's an icon with the franchise, absolutely. I mean, he's he's going to be remembered. I, um, you know, I'm sure there will be tons of tributes to have Brandon Crawford's name or number in in that stadium for for a really long time. But uh, I, it just it feels. I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm maybe not as emotionally invested as as mm-hmm. your typical Giants fan, but to me, it's it makes sense. Like, I just don't think that he's here to help you right here, right now. And I think the Giants showed last year they're leaning a lot into the youth movement. And, of course, you could you would love to have uh, a veteran guy in there to, to help them along the way. But I think at the end of the day, you know, nothing, nothing helps more than going through it yourself. And so I, I understand why it's painful. But at the same time, I think 
the it's the GM's job to not be emotional about these things, and and sometimes you got to make tough decisions, and I think this is part of the tough decisions you got to make. They would essentially tell him, "Hey, man, that's basically what your role was last year." I mean, he did not sure, start right. Right. He I think he started the season as the starter, but they were going to different guys and people were getting banged up. So he basically did that last season. So how many seasons do you want? UD. Exactly. Brandon Crawford saying that he had no expectations to play, although it sounds very martyr esque, doesn't really help from a GM perspective because I need dudes that. I'm confident in playing. Yeah. Thank you for not expecting to play, but I want dudes on my roster that can play. Right. That that's the problem. And I think is I think this isn't unique to Brandon Crawford. People make certain decisions. If Derek Jeter wanted to play another season, mm-hmm. and I would call Brandon Crawford is the Giants' Derek Jeter. That's yeah. who he is. If Brandon, if if Derek Jeter wanted to play another season, somebody would have picked him up on yeah. a different team. But he wanted to play for the Yankees, and the Yankees said. We've just reached the end of the line. Now he did his. He just okay. I'm gonna do my my farewell tour, and he got up out of there because he's Derek Jeter. Right. But this stuff happens all the time. Yeah, even and in you make certain decisions, and it happens. In Tony basketball. Parker played a season with right. the Hornets. It comes. It's more so comes down to wanting to prove somebody wrong, and how much do you care yeah. about finishing your season yep. with the team that drafted you, being one of those guys. Clearly, to Brandon Crawford, he cared more about. Still having something in the tank sure. and competing for a backup position than retiring a giant. Maybe it would have been different with the different front office because that's not the front office that he came up with. But if you stay, I mean, you know me, I, I you, you yourself, how long have you been at, at Sacktown Sports and everybody you've seen come and go? This yeah. is not the, the regime that you started out with. Me, my last job, I was there seven years, mm-hmm. went through three COs. If you expect to be, right. if you expect to, to ride till the wheels fall off with the same people, you stay really. somewhere long enough, yeah. stuff is going to change. Yep. So you either get with it or, or move on. And B-Craw moved on, but we really do wish him the best. Like we said, they're definitely going to face each other multiple times. And I can't wait because I know for a fact, Brandon Crawford, you can book it here. He will hit a home run against the Giants. <laughs> he will. He will. And I'm probably going to have a little bit of a smile because Brandon Crawford gave us some outstanding memories. I'll never forget turning that turning two in the playoffs with Joe Panic. That was one of the most beautifully turned double plays that I've ever seen. And I'm going to remember B. Crawford for that. And not just like they, they, they did a whole compilation of guys in jerseys that just don't look right. I saw that yeah. you had you had Lincecum in the Angels yes. jersey and guys like that. So add B. Crawford to the list because it definitely looked weird seeing him in Cardinals gear. When we return, getting to some combine talk. Also going to discuss the keys to the game tonight. Thousand Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Sacktown Sports. From Ed, poor one, is Fox playing tonight? The most recent thing we have, Ed, Ed on the Sack Chat, hanging out with us on a Friday. Not the most beautiful Friday, but a Friday is a Friday, and I'm going to take it any day of the week. No pun intended. 
Yeah, the the one thing that we've seen, Ed, is that from what we've gathered, he is going to, De'Aaron Fox is going to go through his pregame warm-up as he did against the Nuggets, and then they'll make a decision. He was at morning shoot-around, which is not really too surprising because he did shoot-around on Wednesday, but now he will do pregame warm-ups as far as we know, and if it if it feels good, he'll be out there. If not, he won't be. He could have – you could look at it and say, Chris, well, you can play tonight and then you have two days rest, right, till they play again. Or you could say you could have the whole weekend. And I've already guessed incorrectly once. I thought he was going to play on Wednesday. So my, my feeling is that he's not going to play. Right. And maybe that helps because maybe since I feel like he's not going to play, he will play. Yeah, there's no no further update from there. I was just checking uh, our guy Chris Biederman – seeing if he he posted anything. He is the only one uh, who is out there right now. Doesn't seem like he has any updates, so it does seem like it'll be uh, as close to a game-time decision as possible for De'Aaron. But, you know, yeah, it, I, I definitely think – I know we were talking about it earlier, but it feels like the safer move to to just kind of essentially sit De'Aaron tonight. Like, it, I, I don't mm-hmm. – you know, if he feels like he's 95 to 100% healthy – Sure, why not? Send him out there. But if if you have any questions, if you see any limp, I just think, especially reading off what, what the Kings have the rest of this month, to me it's a lot more important for the Kings to win, as crazy as it sounds, it's a lot more important for them to win games against the Bulls, games against the Spurs. Make sure you win those those a couple Laker games coming up. Those games are a lot more important for, for De'Aaron to be there than this tonight. There's a chance... You can win tonight. You can feel good about yourself if you win tonight. But ultimately, this is probably a game that you had chalked up as an L. And so, you know, it would be it would be a massive positive if you can get it done. But I don't think it's worth uh, potentially damaging De'Aaron's knee further uh, just to try and get one game against a really, really good team. Did you guys see the stat on De'Aaron against the Wolves? No, I, I believe, did not. I believe the last 10 games, he has 25 points or more. And I think the only two other players to do that, it was either against just the T-Wolves mm-hmm. or uh, any team in general were LeBron and Jordan. Wow. So 25 wow. straight. Point, or, excuse me, 10 straight at 25 So he points. likes playing the T-Wolves. Yes. I saw that on the sports, the big sports network this morning. My dumb self just Googled Fox versus Wolves. Nice. Guess what didn't show up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. De'Aaron of, Fox yes, a doing lot of anything against the Timberwolves. A lot of AI pictures. Of I mean, a wolf fox. is handling a fox. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, I guess because that you got oh, the pack. Yeah. Foxes are almost cute. When I see it, because <laughs> I don't know if they're out here, but in, in the East Bay where I yeah. grew up, I would see foxes, and they're they'll they'll mess you up, but they're yeah. they're, they're adorable. They're, are, they are cute. <laughs> they're cute little foxes. Dude. Yeah, I mean, even a baby wolf, I think, is taken out a fox. I think so too. I would yeah. think so. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. we're talking like a month old. That's, and just for, since we're talking about it, wolves are more likely to attack you if, when provoked, foxes are more likely to avoid contact with humans, thus less likely to attack a human unless you corner them. So, uh, yeah, definitely seems like you, you would you would probably take a wolf over uh, over a fox in just about any situation. But I'm going to try and get those uh, deer and fox versus uh, verse wolves numbers, too. And hopefully, hopefully you do see deer and fox tonight because, yep, I mean, they couldn't even beat they couldn't even wow. beat the yeah. the Rockets without De'Aaron Fox. It's a good point, right? It was a long time ago, yeah. but they couldn't even beat the Rockets. Let right. alone you got you, you had the Nuggets. We yep. just saw how that went. Yep. And now well. you have the T Wolves tonight, and how 
long they are in their defense, yeah. it does not bode well. No, not really. And, uh, yeah, I mean, in, in general, too, I mean, that even that uh, Warrior game that De'Aaron missed, even though uh, it did take a Clay Thompson game winner for them to to win, uh, I believe the Kings only scored like 98 points in that game. So mm-hmm. I, I think just figuring out, and we asked Brendan about it, and um, I think just figuring out how you could potentially replace his production is the biggest thing because, uh, you know, you know Malik Monk is going to take an elevated role, but who who else is going to step up? Like you need um, – I remember last year there were a couple times when De'Aaron did miss games, Kevin Herter would be the guy who shockingly would honestly step up. He would get a couple nine-assist games. He would get a couple rebounds as well. Um, and you just haven't gotten that this year. So, you know, of course everyone's going to need to step up, but – you're gonna need somebody to to try and replicate things that De'Aaron does, and it's gonna it's gonna be through a group. I mean, obviously Malik Malik can take a lot of the playmaking stuff and probably some of the isolation scoring, but you're gonna need guys cutting. You're gonna need guys hitting threes and and uh, definitely playing really good defense because you know I I think uh, this Minnesota team, though Dane did say they're not a great offense, I think we've seen with the three point numbers especially. Kind of doesn't matter if you're a good offense or not. You're probably going to get yours when you're playing this team. Yeah, and I'm looking at Malik Monk, and I know his usage just goes through the roof when yeah. De'Aaron Fox isn't playing. But it is it is so important for him to be hot tonight in every single way, shooting the basketball, passing the basketball. I think he has the keys, and I yeah. would also say in terms of keys to the game, I would say it's Malik, which is obvious, but I would also say – you need it's got to be Herder or Barnes. Yes, one of you. Yeah, one, one of, of you got to show up. up. Yep. Even even if even if you get something from Trey Lyles, that's yep. fine. Yeah. If neither of them show up, it's another L, mm-hmm. and that might be Captain Obvious, but one of them have to do yeah. something. Yeah. You mentioned Trey Lyles too, and that makes me think last year was the game where we saw Trey Lyles at the five really come to life. You're going against this Minnesota team. They're huge. Mm-hmm. You might be without De'Aaron. Do you want to see Alex Len out there, or or do you want to see? We haven't really seen much of Trey at the five in general, uh, with the exception, I think, Miami. Mm-hmm. They went small because Miami went small, but you haven't seen you know them use Trey at the five as a counter to them being so big. Do you want to see that tonight, or, or are you leaning more towards – you know, maybe just leaning into rim protection with Alex Len out there. In theory, it's supposed to space out, but right. it doesn't exactly. feel like it is. I, a lot of times, I I feel that Trey because they haven't done it enough. It's yeah. almost as it's almost as if they haven't had enough reps. Yeah, they haven't worked and that Trey muscle ends out up, enough. Yeah, Trey ends up in the post, yeah. and I'm thinking, isn't the whole point of this <laughs> yeah. to not be in the post? Absolutely, right. 100%. So I, I would like to see it only because I think they need to work on it more. Yeah. If they want to go to it, they just haven't gone to it enough. Yeah, yeah and this is probably the time of the year where if it's not now, it's, you're you're kind of running out of time here. And so, uh, you know, it's the thing that I think we all expected to see a lot this season, and we really just haven't seen it at all. I would love to see them go to it. I mean, even just to, to like, figure out if this mm-hmm. is something that you actually have or not because – uh, you're you're gonna need it. You're gonna need to, you know, the same way Miami throw through the zone out there on the Kings to disrupt what they're doing. The Kings at some point are going to have to not be reactionary with those kind of things and try and take the the pressure to the other team. And I think that's maybe a way that they could do it against a team that they're kind of probably stacked against. Like if you if you can throw them off and and make them go small or make them think about what lineups we have to throw out there, I think that could be a maybe a way that you can disrupt Minnesota. But 
I mean, it's it's just going to be a tough matchup tonight. I just I cannot get out of my mind the two way ability of Anthony Edwards. Um, you know, Jaden McDaniels, and then I feel like Mike Conley's just the forgotten about guy. Like nobody really talks about the impact that he has because he gets like fourteen and five every night. So it's just a really scary team to face at full health. And then uh, if the Kings aren't at full health themselves, it's just really hard to try and imagine everybody stepping their game up. The Niners are still looking for their defensive coordinator. Sure are. And even though they're still looking for that person, they have began to they have begun to interview people. And one coach in particular did not have very nice things to say about the Niners' offense. Does this make you feel like he's not the correct fit, or should it make you feel like he's a better fit? Interesting. Sometimes you need some tough love. Which way will the Niners go? We will hear from that coaching candidate when we return. Sals and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Sports. Check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. In 15 minutes, we will give away tickets to see the Jacksons and Sister Sledge, who will be performing March 30th at the venue at Thunder Valley Casino Resort from the 916. Unless we missed something, Chris, they might have just caught us in flux as we were speaking. Fox not playing, question mark? Are we punting the season now, question mark? Unless that's from someone else. Yeah, 916, they haven't announced yet that I've seen. No, I mean. I believe he's going to go through the the pregame, the pregame situation, the pregame warm-ups, and see how he feels. Yeah, no, and we were just saying, if we were saying Fox the not playing De'Aaron, it's just, just for one game. It's just to not lose, you know, the forest for the trees. Like, we're trying to make sure – Yes, obviously it would be great to to have De'Aaron play today. It would be great if the Kings could win. But at the same time, if playing today somehow might hamper his availability next week, then maybe the better move might just be sacrifice this one game for a lot of games that you could really uh, sneak up and win here uh, in these next couple weeks. That's, mm-hmm. that's, I think, maybe where the miscommunications happen in there. There you go. Yeah, we do not know whether or not De'Aaron is playing tonight, and they still have an opportunity. You know what I mean? They they still have an opportunity to to make up these games, even if De'Aaron does not play tonight. This is from Diana Rossini. As we get into some Niners talk, the 49ers were flirting with, in quotes, Steve Spagnola about potentially bringing him in as their DC. No way. Before he re-signed okay. with the Chiefs. Okay. That's interesting. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, it's, you know, I guess uh, you got to try and take something from from the Chiefs, right? You got to try and steal some of their winning recipe. Well, that's what they're trying to do now as they are slated. I don't know if the interview has happened already, but they are slated to interview with Dave Merritt, Kansas City Chiefs defensive back coach. And he had some things to say he was doing an appearance on Sports Shop, a North Carolina-based sports radio show, and he had some some tough things that he wanted to get out 
about the the Niners offense is what he said. Wilkes even himself is looking at this as a blessing. You know what? I understand you guys want to go in a different direction, Mm -hmm. but if you want to base it clearly off of just the game, that's not the case, and we all know that. There's always something behind a marriage if it's not going well. It it doesn't just happen all night. So, But if you want to talk about the game, their offense went 3 for 12 on third down. Oops. Our offense went nine for nineteen, but if your offense is going three for twelve on third down, is that Wilkes' fault? <laughs> if your tight end, who's all pro, yeah. Kittle, yeah. only has one catch for four yards, <laughs> is that Wilkes' fault? Right, no. I mean, so yeah. therefore you can feed McCaffrey all you want to. Yeah. He needs help. And then number eleven, who was trying to fight all game, uh, Aiko, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. He only had forty something yards. Was that Wilkes' fault? So I just say that there was something going on before. Yeah, that's how you lose a job in a minute. You can't. You can't bring him in. Right. He said, Aiko, you cannot bring him in. Nate, did that bother you? You bring him in as a as a yes, Niners I coach. It. I hated it. Some. You, you can't I hate bring him how in. he faked. At the one of the worst, like like uh, disrespect somebody is pretend not to know their name. Right, it's so stupid. He's a DB coach, and he didn't yeah. know the wide receivers play. Yeah. Or he's claiming no, no, to not he's, know it it's for a jokes. bit. Are you kidding me? He Alan? said Aiko. No, no, That's yeah. crazy. He's Aiko out. isn't even yeah. close. No, he's out, and he's taking the defensive coach's <laughs> side. So he must have known he's out. He must have known he's out. It, he but must, I don't think they've. What's the What's the what's the order on this? I don't know if it's official. I don't know anything at all. But I thought my this guess... was prior to the interview. Uh, let's see. Here. Oh, is it? This came out uh, two days ago. This came out two days. It came ago, out yeah. two days ago. February twenty eighth. I saw from Akash that they were slated to interview with him. That Akash's tweet was February twenty eighth. Maybe I don't know, dude. I just I like what. Are you? He must have already burnt the bridge. It must be over. Or I haven't seen. Happened. Yeah, I haven't seen any reports about. And not that, that is we bad see business. Yeah, it's not great. You're not doing not yourself great. any favors. That's for sure. I was irked. I got irked by the fake, the not knowing the name. That like really bothered me. Him just being was like, that. Besides that, were, were you already out? <laughs> uh, I. I mean, I was whatever. I kind of thought they were going for a, a bigger name, but we really this front office is very sneaky about about moves and stuff they do. They stuff doesn't leak a whole lot, um, especially like with the Trey Lance saga. If if you know you were you were paying close attention to that when they drafted him. Here you go. Here you go. The original, and this is from this is from someone who writes for for Kansas City, Chase Snyder. That was last February 29th. He posted it. That was last week. And he says, Dave Merritt interviewing with the 49ers is actually hilarious. He was on the sports shop last week and was asked. So this oh. was prior to the interview. Do you think this just went under the radar and it or, blew up or, after that came or, out? Or Shanahan didn't. Yeah. I mean, it's a local, it's a local half a million station. views right now on Twitter. Yeah. It's a, it's a local station and it probably blew up more once it was announced that they yes. were going to interview with him. It was Definitely. posted on the 29th. Yeah. Uh, Oof. yeah. So that it was posted two days ago on Twitter. Uh, Chris, I think you forgot it was a leak, but it year. happened last week. You said three or two days ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was a leap year. Yeah, Enough with the leap year. I'm, I'm so sick of doing math, but, oh. but it was oh. done last week though. 
So yeah, yeah, it just blew up. It just was posted. Yeah. If you're Shanahan and let's say you didn't see this and then you see it, do you say, I can't bring that guy in? Yes. You cannot bring this guy in. He's definitely not your first choice. Are you kidding? His just, words. It, Kyle Shanahan's a pretty prideful man. I don't think he's going to take well to. Uh, this is a terrible kind of like look. Direct, it, direct insults there saying, like, you didn't get your guys involved. Like, he's a. I mean,. What Merritt is essentially saying there is it's actually on the offense is the reason yes. why uh, the Niners didn't win the Super Bowl. And That's what a defensive guy is going to say. Yeah, but not your potential defensive coordinator. He's naming names, even if they're fake fake names. <laughs> I he's agree. still naming names and then alluding to it. doesn't matter. I mean, I he's out. And yeah, he's, he's, he's not good. like a superstar. Right. This isn't Bill Belichick. This isn't Mike Vrabel. Well, this isn't a big name. Well, they don't they, have anyone right now. Well, that we know of. But yeah, I've I've saw there's like four names linked. But I I personally think they got something in the pipeline. I think there's a lot of hoopla going on with the 49ers. This is kind of what they do. They're really sneaky. I'm not trying to be a homer or anything like that. What I was saying with the Trey Lance thing is that they there was misdirection everywhere during that draft, nonstop. And then it took two or three years later to find out kind of actually what was going on. And still we don't know the truth. It's all uh, hearsay, he said, she said stuff. So I I think they have a plan in place, and a lot of it is distraction. Hmm. It's my opinion as a very loyal 49ers fan. <laughs> hmm. I, I, I mean, I tend to agree more with Nate. I, I just I don't think that this guy is, is going to be. Alan, good. you can't do that. No, 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 no. I'm not saying they're going to – I'm not saying they, they would select him – I'm saying I'm asking whether he would get blacklisted for saying that. Yes, yes, yes. Brandon Aiko's raw, dude. Brandon <laughs> Aiko, so stupid. Aiko. Yeah, like he did directly call out players, and like I and mean, he called out Kittle. Too. I'm sure that they would get over it if he is the hire, but it's more just like again, this guy was not first on the list, and this is not helping your resume at all. I don't know no. who first on the list is. I mean, it no. sounds like, you know, it's it's Sorensen, it's Staley's up there. You know, I, I think that uh, we've definitely heard a lot of fans voice their displeasure for, for Brandon Staley. But I would I would not say that this is a name that I've heard uh, a ton. But, I mean, it's also a, a new name in there. I mean, there, the report of him getting a, an interview just came out uh, on the 28th, I believe. So, um, you know, it's all it's all pretty new. I just I, – I, I have a tough time seeing – uh, this helping his case at all for I'll, sure. I'll be honest too. I like the idea of bringing in a defensive back coach as your defensive coordinator. With how stacked your D line is, they kind of know what they're doing. Not right. like obviously you have to know everything on the right. defensive end, but where they need to be cleaned up is that secondary. Yeah. So I I'm for that as a Niners fan. I'm for the, you know eyeing the talent in the draft too from uh. Defensive backs, I think, would help to have another guy in that position in, in the front office, along with John Lynch, who was a safety himself. But it hasn't really worked out so far. Chief DBs Side's under tough. Dave Merritt. Charvarius Ward, Juan Thornhill, Rashad Fenton, Legereus Sneed, Jalen Watson, Trent McDuffie, Justin Reed. Some pretty good names on that list. I'm surprised you pronounced them all right. Didn't pretend not to know. <laughs> this, this is guy. from Akash Anavarathan. <laughs> Dave Merritt is an excellent candidate for interview on paper. Former defensive player in the NFL, coached DLs 
Defensive linemen, uh, linebackers, DBs over a 25-year span with tons of teams, five-time Super Bowl winner, been with Spagnola on all five. Chief D- Chiefs DBs have developed well since he joined in 2019. Yeah, but I mean, he I, was roasting. That's all. Like, I was honestly kind of just saying that, right? Like, it's a good on paper. I was, you know, defensive back. I like that. I didn't know he worked with D-line. That's even better. I just, I could not see, like, you know, even if you want to take you, your language, Chris, where you said Shanahan's a proudful guy. Yes. Even if you want to say the ego or whatever, you know, big head, all that stuff, it it's not going to work. That's, after hearing that, the Niners will be dogged yeah. for hiring this guy. After coming off the Super Bowl loss to him, bringing him in after he said I this. I mean, it's not Kevin Durant here. It's, dude, you were complaining all year other about guys. Niners fans. Yeah. Like, why is it got to be this guy after, no, after no, 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 making no. those comments? Yeah, it's I'm just, not even arguing. And it's not like them. the comments I'm, are like I'm arguing. I'm arguing the, the – You're I'm playing devil's throwing advocate. it out the window. Yeah. I'm yeah. arguing throw him out the window because he was on a podcast before he knew he was going to be interviewed. Uh, it did yep. – uh, oh, And he was yeah. feeling himself a little bit. Maybe. People talk trash. People talk Maybe that's trash. Stan- people who want jobs. That's also true. He's got a Stanley Cup. Maybe it's filled with something in there. Who knows? TC, we see you. Stuff. We will get to you right when we get back as we break down whether or not you can say bad things and still get a job. Chill Sell out, Alan. Sacked out sports.